This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Back of the Desk Preview Podcast. I'm your host, Terence Ford, and Albert Curley and Sam Heskiff are with me to warm you up to the Love Eggs and Spoon Race at the Olympic Stadium this coming Saturday. Back of the Nest Match Preview Podcast. www.backofthenest.com There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Yes, yes, yes. It's time for another preview podcast after a buoyant, Correctly predicted by me, 2-0 victory against Norwich on the weekend. Heskiff, no 1-1 draws this time. No 1-1 draws, um, which I'm very happy about, obviously. So, happy to be proved wrong. And Albert, you, you came to the Coliseum to see the victory. Yeah, what did I predict? Uh, 2-1. Oh, it's close. Mm. It's close. Yeah, someone can probably go back and correct me, but in case I was wrong there, but I'm pretty sure it was. Anyway, before we get started, let's do this. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! Okay, so, on the BBS this week, Sydney Eagle wrote in and said, Love the preview pod as always, but the beer check is abysmal, apart from Terence. Sam and Albert, sort yourselves out. Sam, have you sorted yourself out? I've sorted myself out. Uh, yeah. not, <laughs> enough about my private life. Um, I've got a very soon-to-be-finished bottle of Dosakis. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and Albert? I'm drinking a nice little craft lager called Witch's Perineum, <laughs> which is it's quite yeasty. <laughs> uh sure okay i'm drinking i'm not i'm drinking i'm drinking a super bock <laughs> okay i love that super bock is your um attempt to be a, a bit more out there no it's not <laughs> fuck you <laughs> i just saw it and it reminded me of when i lived in brixton and it was readily available <laughs> well i'm drinking gypsy hill you'd be surprised to hear and their collaboration with german craft and it's Einsweigsufer. Um, it's an Oktoberfest beer, a Hopfenweiser. So, I have a question. I have a question. Okay. How do you, how do you collaborate on a beer? Either somebody makes it or somebody else makes it. How do you collaborate on let's, making a beer? Let's find out. Einsweigsufer is a collaboration with German craft. It's traditionally brewed. Vice beer with a load of extra hops thrown in, making it Hoffenweiss. And I've got a question subsequent to that. Does the craft work? <laughs> well, that is oh, very good. Up, Albert. That is an Albert joke if ever I heard one. So shut up. It does work. It is very, um, it is very hoppy indeed. Um, apparently it goes well with umpers and bumpers. Drink What's it. an umper or a bumper? <laughs> I'm assuming it's a German reference, so I don't get... Um, aren't they the little fellas from Wizard of Oz? That Those are umper lumpers, aren't they? Oh, yeah. 
Is that Wizard of Oz as well? It's, no, it's not. It's, it's Willy, not. Wonka. Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Ah, oh, that's right. Aren't you supposed to work in film? Like Willy Wanker there. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what the West Ham owners own? Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, I'm not sure it's chocolate they're knocking out. As long as we don't, as long as we don't look at your search history, Terry, before the pod started, I think we'll be all right. Yeah, um, hmm. they they service the chocolate factory. That's for sure. Riot says been some new Sellers Park reviews uh, coming in from Norwich City fans. Um, First Eleven up. out of ten. <laughs> Unfortunately, not on TripAdvisor. I'm going to have to start encouraging these people to put them on TripAdvisor to neatly keep them in one place for me. But um, this week we've got, hey, Crystal Palace, well done on beating Norwich. Completely deserved. But the way end, in inverted commas, is still an utter disgrace, despite a bit of a tart up. Only one lady's loo with just three cubicles. It's repeatedly flooded with water from the drain. Not acceptable in the 21st century at Premier League. Um, Albert, why is why was this bloke in the women's toilets taking pictures? It's a very good question, and it's I think it's one that the authorities need to look into. Mm-hmm. Exactly, um, Heskiff. What's what's everyone got against the away end, mate? Well, I think that they should just pipe down. But having said that, I did see a picture that someone posted of the view on an unrestricted ticket uh, on Saturday, mm-hmm. and it's extremely restricted. So I suppose begrudgingly, I'll say they've got a point. Yeah, that's my second one, which said view from the Sellers Park with unrestricted tickets. Kind disgraceful. Um, I did respond to this guy and said... Um, the way your team played, I'm surprised you wanted to see the whole pitch. But uh, mm. uh, you could actually, you could actually see the touchline on the far end. And I've uh, Wolves have worse in their stadium. You can sit in seats in their stadium, not actually see an entire third of the pitch. So um, it's not quite. Is that, that the bad. photo where there's a little like 22 <laughs> yeah. inch TV up in the corner? Yeah. What What more do they want? It's restricted view. Have given Have given you a 22 inch monitor to look at. I'd have changed the channel. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it was surprisingly comfortable, that game for Palace. Uh, I did like the look of Pookie, though. Um, good movement. Wouldn't mind him at Palace, that's for sure. You can see why he scores goals. But the question is, would he be able to score a goal past goalkeeping coach Dean Kiley, who's um, popped up in a crap 90s football video this week on Twitter? Where Albert, he's he's trying to save a goalkeeper, he's trying to save a dog. Now, when you said to me, "Have you seen the video of Dean Kylie saving a dog?" I thought you meant it was like some sort of Rolf Harris pet rescue type thing, where Dean Kylie's like waded into some choppy waters to pluck out a you know a struggling puppy from some horrendous situation. <laughs> I didn't realise it was so literal in that he's literally diving at a dog that's ran onto the football pitch. It's bizarre. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, I tweeted his son, who is um, who works at Palace also, being like, uh, can you explain what's going on here? And he just said, you can never let anything go in the net, which is which is probably quite fair. Um, so go and hunt this video out. Um, you can find it on our socials and uh, listen to the commentators saying, Dean, Dean Kiley's diving all over the place. He's like commentating on the dog running on the field. It's, it's a good old laugh, it is. Um, right, Palace could be up for Sal Heskiff. Could, um, does this, like me, probably the answer is going to be yes, being the pessimist that we are. Doesn't this just spell out administration? <laughs> yeah, I would. Well, I was going to try and be positive, but now you put put the negative vibes out there. I'll latch on to them. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just one of those stories that sort of pops up every now and again. The Americans aren't happy and they want out, et cetera, et cetera. Um, though it did say that uh, we could be worth £700 million in five years or something, which is right? yeah, which is even for the most positive of fans a stretch, I would suggest. Um, but I don't know if this has come because someone's interested or we are indeed just like, lugging the club about trying to get someone to buy us mm. um but we'll see how it goes i suppose yeah that's what it seems to be is like a dossier flying around saying palace of sale does anyone want to buy them 
apparently 210 million will get you somewhere between 75% and 90% of the club. Um, I don't know if these are fingers in the air kind of assessments or whatever, but obviously we know the Americans want out. Uh, Parrish likely wants to reduce his stake as well. And that's the only way that development of the ground is going to take place or adding more to the training ground in terms of buying goals and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it's going to happen. What do you reckon, Bert? Is it like when, you know, do the prospective new owners of a club go and view the premise, you know, like buying a house? Do they go around and like inspect the premises? Because if they do, we, we, we probably do need to fix that drain in the ladies' toilets in the away end because, you know, that's probably going to knock a good 10 million off the off the asking price. And we know how difficult it can be once the lawyers get involved. Yeah, true. Um, you get those surveyors around and they're writing up bad reports, going to knock, knock loads off. Um, I'm, I'm, What's this big pile of junk you've left on the on the lawn here? Oh, his name's Christian Benteke. Oh, you, yeah, tr- yeah, well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, one thing Christian Benteke would do in that scenario is drive away very fast. Um, I mean, I wanted, to, I wanted to make jokes about this, you know, that he's got more points on his license than he's earned points for Palace in the last few years and all that, but... Albert, 80 miles an hour in 50 miles an hour zones isn't something to really laugh about, is it? No, it's not. I mean, I do know the stretch of the A3 in question and <laughs> believe me, it is, temp- it is tempting because, you know, it's not often you get, it's not often you can get up to that speed around that way. So it, it has my sympathy there. However, you'd like to think, A, one, you've been caught once, so don't do it again. You can't really plead ignorance. You know, if it was, if he was, you know, recently transferred to to the English Premier League and might not know the rules. He could plead ignorance, but, he, you know, he's been around the block a few times, yeah. probably going too fast doing that as well. Uh, <laughs> so, you think he'd yeah, know how to learn from his, you think you know, he'd know how to learn from his mistakes after stealing the penalty away from Milivojevic, but um, apparently not, Albert, with this is his fourth offence, apparently. Well, maybe he's... You know, maybe he's so he's so keen to get on the end of a cross on a Saturday <laughs> that when he's driving on the A3 on a Friday, he thinks, oh, I've really put my foot down. I might, I might get to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, he'd have to move some if he's going to back up his claim, Heskiff, that he could still get into the Liverpool front three. This is, this is quite the claim. Yeah, that was a bit of a weird one. Um, I, d- I don't know what he's been doing whilst he's been sitting on the bench. Did but he say this in court? He said this. No. <laughs> was this part of uh, was this part of his defence? To add, yep. Stay up front. <laughs> um, I no. He he said this in an interview with um, I don't know some one of those Bible Bible sites. I don't know. And um, yeah, his his claim was that you know he started making excuses for his time at Liverpool and suggested that he'd still get in, even though Klopp wanted to get rid of him. So. Yeah, well, I wonder where he's going with that one. Would he get into the team of the 80s is the question, Heskiff. Absolutely not. Would he get into any team at all? Probably not. Um, he gets up, he get he get up into the 80s in his car. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, this is referencing the BT Sport documentary that is about to be released on Crystal Palace's um, ill-fated team of the 80s. Uh, the premiere is on Monday night uh, somewhere in Croydon. I won't tell you where it is because I will not promote that place on this podcast. Um, but Albert, would you, any interest in seeing this? Apparently they've got Jim Cannon, Vince Hilaire, Ian Evans uh, giving giving interviews and they're going to be at the screening on Monday night. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly interested in in seeing it. I mean, I've got BT Sport at home, so I'm not, I'm not going to schlep all the way to Croydon. Uh, you know, no disrespect. Uh, yeah, but you know, it's always nice to, it's always nice to, especially. Uh, I know we're all a similar age, so I I started going to Palace. I think my first game was in in 1990, so I did kind of miss out on the on the those glory years, and you know, and was too young for the FA Cup final. I remember the semi final on the TV, but didn't really get to experience that firsthand in the moment. So I guess it's always nice to go back and look at stuff like that. I mean, could it, could it be the best 
Palace documentary since Terry Byfield gave us the behind-the-scenes tour of the ground. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, I mean, Terry, Terry uh, Byfield, who's celebrating 35 years with a club in the last couple of weeks. Um, but, yeah, if you haven't seen that documentary, you need, you need to go and... If you want to, if you want to see what the CCTV room used to look like at Palace, or the or the trophy cabinet, or, or the kitchens, any other any other particular highlights, Albert? My <laughs> my favourite bit, and I've said this before, probably on on a, a review show. My favourite bit is where he he goes into the back room of the club shop where they they're packing up the the mail order uh, orders. And one of the guys stuffing them into the envelopes for some reason just keeps turning over the plastic envelope on the table for no reason. <laughs> it's just utterly bizarre. Uh, and the great thing about the video, also all the way through, is Terry Byfield's really tiny microphone. And that that ain't a euphemism. <laughs> I really, I really hope for his thirty fifth year at the club they actually got him a proper one. But go back and watch it. He's got this weird, tiny microphone. He's like the, he's like the opposite of Jeremy Beadle. He looks like he's got a massive hand. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. What it feels about. Let's get that made. <laughs> um, Beadle about actually took place. Um, I was I witnessed one taking place when I was a kid. Um, we, we had a caravan on the Isle of Sheppey as a little, like, summer holiday place. And... Um, a family of uh, homeless with a gypsy type people moved into the caravan. I don't know. And uh, the guy got home to his caravan to find that it had squatters in it. And he, he, he really kicked off. It was, it was quite the nineties television for you there, Albert. Sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, what else we got? At least back then, you know, Decent TV got made, not like these days where anyone can get a camera and make some stuff. And that's happened today. Um, former producer Billiam sent me uh, a link to a video of young young Philly and Chunks. I have no idea who they are, but uh, an Arsenal fan and supposedly a Palace fan. And in this video, it's 25 minutes of them sitting in the Homesdale doing a quiz for the Palace fan. Uh Heskiff, he gets about six out of 18 questions right. Doesn't know who Jim Cannon is. Doesn't know that Ian Wright's one of our all-time top scorers. Uh, He says at the end that the booby prize of the Brighton shirt is okay because he likes it, he thinks it's a nice shirt, and then happily puts it on. Who let this person into Sellers Park? That is absolutely disgusting. Uh yeah, well, when, when Billiam sent it to us, I was on the train home and I clicked the link, which is always dodgy when Billiam sends stuff on the phone because you never know, and saw that it was 25 minutes, so I couldn't be arsed watching it, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, you told me that he ended up putting a Brighton shirt on in Sellers Park, which is probably about as low as it gets, so he can get in the bin. Um, When's that BT Team of the 80s programme on? Because he could probably do it watching it. You should. We should maybe take him down to the place that's being shown, sit him with Jim Cannon, and tell Jim Cannon what uh, what shirt he wore, and maybe he'd uh, think twice about getting on one of these shows. Yeah, I mean, he was he was bold in saying, "Don't ask me anything before last season because I won't know the answers." I mean, I'm a bit like that, but that's because I've just got a bad memory and I've blocked a lot of it out. It's not through being any any sort of fair weather glory hunting fan and i certainly wouldn't get that confused and and take some solace in the fact that i've been given a brighton shirt <laughs> well also if you're a glory hunting palace fan you're on thin fucking thin pickings aren't you well mm. hey one of the questions he was asked was uh what year did crystal palace move to sellers park uh, to which his response was what we didn't grow up here <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, and somehow this video has almost 100,000 views. So fair play to them. They're obviously doing something right. Uh, young Philly, just please disassociate yourself with Palace. You know, apparently he's a rapper and uh, I keep berating two South London rappers in Stormzy and Dave for not supporting Palace. But maybe <laughs> if this is the sort of South London rapper, Crystal Palace supporting person, maybe we don't want them. Um, 
But talking of South London, uh, just before recording tonight, Dina Asher-Smith has won gold for Great Britain in the women's 200 metres. So um, South, South, South London. No paywall, no subscription. Back of the nest. Fan-created podcasts, videos and articles. Free forever. Right, okay, time to talk about West Ham on Saturday. And obviously, the big news this week is that Luka Milivojevic is out suspended. Quite impressive, Heskiff, that he has five yellow cards already. Yeah, I think we touched on it, didn't we, last week, talking about how we... uh... He was getting quite a few bookends and he was one away. But he spent most of the game against Norwich moaning, um, mostly to his own teammates. So the fact that he got a booking, if only to sort of shut him up by the referee, is not really a surprise. Mm. Um, but yeah, really good going to be suspended this this early on in the season. I think uh, probably a record for Palace, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, probably. Um uh, Vinny Jones probably holds the Sellers Park record because uh, he won his Wimbledon days. But it's uh, did he grow up? There? <laughs> <laughs> Not in Lace. There's a place called Sellers in Serbia. I don't think he did. But uh, Albert is someone else is going to have to get the captain's armband, and uh, everyone's saying it's hotly tipped to be Gary Cahill. I think that's a fair shout. Uh, there were some interesting choices being banded around. On the social networks. But the, the obvious Roy Hodgson choice being? Jeffrey Schlapp. Jeffrey Schlapp, correct answer. Yeah, but do it, let's not even contemplate <laughs> it. Uh, I mean, f- for one game, for one game, does it really matter who wears it? In the grand scheme of things, probably not. However, if it was Jeffrey Schlapp, I'd probably I'd be a bit upset about it. Um, Schlapp set, as I like to call it. Uh, but Gary Cahill is is the most obvious answer. I mean, depend. You know, if Sacco and Tompkins were both available, obviously, I think they've probably got more of a right to have it if they were fit and if they were starting. But who knows when we're going to see them? If you're going to see them, um, if Gary Cahill's fit and if Gary Cahill's starting, it's the obvious choice, isn't it? Really, and. Gary Cahill and uh, Martin Kelly appear to have formed quite the partnership, Heskiff. Uh, another clean sheet for them on the weekend. And now my, the only goal we've conceded when Martin Kelly is playing is the one at Old Trafford. So is it now we've got to the stage that Sacco and Tompkins really are having to earn their, earn their places back? I think it would be really harsh on Kelly if he doesn't play the next game, even if, even if Sacco uh, is fit or Tonks, I suppose. Um, I think they, yeah, they looked really good again on uh, on the weekend, those two, and didn't really have much trouble at all. Um, I think it would, you know, we, we're blessed. Sam Jordan actually um, put on his put on Twitter that he can't remember a time where we've been so blessed in in defence or in any one position really, um, and and that's right. You know, you could think that any any combination of those four centre backs. Um, would be fine. You'd be absolutely fine with them starting. So, yeah, there's a lot of work to do for the guys who aren't in the team, but that's that's a good situation for us to be in. Um, and I think that Roy's tends to be of the opinion that if you've got the shirt, it's yours to lose rather than dropping someone out straight away. So um, I would be surprised if Kelly doesn't start on the weekend. Uh, Sam's obviously forgetting the days of Andy Roberts, Leif Anderson and David Tuttle. Um <laughs> When days when we were super blessed with centre backs, yeah, he's, I mean he's absolutely apparently apparently that's the next documentary they're making on <laughs> BT about about when we had those guys. Yeah, they could make a whole documentary on Leif Anderson's own goal in the playoff semi final against Charlton. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, how did he ever make it as a professional? I don't know. But um, then obviously the next question will be for Luka Milivojevic, who replaces him in the starting eleven. Albert, is it? Are we going to see something adventurous, or are we going to see something samey? Describe adventurous, because I can't remember what that is anymore. Well, uh, ad- adventurous is putting in Camarasa or Max Meyer. Say, say, no, okay, samey no, is shifting no. Jeffrey Schlupp back into the midfield and putting Townsend up front, or just putting in James McCarthy. I, th- I yes, I would, I would put my hand up for the the last one that you said there. <laughs> Uh, not as in I would want that. I'm not saying that's what we should do. I'm saying that's what Roy 
will probably do. I can't see. I don't, man, yeah, I, I can't. I can't see Townsend getting the nod up front. Um, if I was a betting man, I would. I would bet big on the McCarthy option. Yeah, you say that, but Townsend obviously came off the bench and scored. And he had, I don't think anyone can argue that he had a poor start to the season. Heskiff, do you think this could be Hodgson, you know, he's one of the players that he has the luxury of the position to be able to drop. So, for example, Patrick van Arnholt can have a terrible game, three, four terrible games in a row, but can't get dropped because there's nowhere else to play left back. Mm. But, you know, this is, do you think this is an example of Hodgson saying to Townsend, you're playing bad, you don't have a God-given right to be in this team, spend some time on the bench and earn your place back? Yeah, I think it is. And I think that's fair enough. Like you said, I don't, I don't think he had a great start to the season, Andros. And he's he's come out and said that himself as well, which is which is good to hear. Um, but the good thing is when he, he got his chance to come off the bench on Saturday, he actually looked pretty good. Goal aside, I thought he, he looked quite good attacking their, attacking their defence. And the finish was a very good one. Um, it was a nice move. Started off by Max Meyer. So I'll keep beating that drum that he should play more often. Um, but yeah, I think the th- I think the thing is with Townsend, I, I, Roy. I think Roy really likes him, and and I don't think that Roy will be worried about playing him from the start. Um, like Albert said, I I don't know that he'll play him against West Ham. I think. Um, I think more. Well, like- the, the, the question is because you think to the Spurs game was when he last played Townsend. Mm. And and Jeffrey Schlupp in the middle three. So do you think that'll be too fresh in his mind to actually go go to that formation? Yeah, I can't see them. I mean that that did not work at all. And as as much better as Tottenham were than us on on that day, I don't think we made it hard for them at all. And and I wouldn't want to see a repeat of that um, against a team who have got some really good attacking players. I think West Ham are, are, are very good going forward. Um, so this would be a game where I would expect, you know, not that he changes it at all, really, but having three defensive midfielders in there wouldn't surprise me at all because I think Roy would see that as a good way to stop stop the home team. So, you know, we know he's a big fan of James McCarthy. He, he's bigged him up quite a lot, even though he hasn't played that much, but he can, he consistently brings him on. Um, so I wouldn't at all be shocked to see him getting the nod in place of Luca. Well, no, Mick McCarthy said he's unlikely to get into his team anytime soon, James McCarthy. So um, <laughs> Roy Hodgson can big him up all he likes. But look, I, li- I was listening to the Stop Hammer Time podcast today. <laughs> you can see see what they did there, and they were they were suggesting, uh, you know. They were actually genuinely discussing: Is this the time? Is can there still be times where you know a good, organised, semi-talented eleven can upset everyone and win the league? They was having this genuine conversation about whether West Ham can win the league this season. So, <laughs> make of this podcast what you will. But they've had a good start to the season, undoubtedly. So, is there a way that you can see past? playing James McCarthy as a three central midfielders, defensive midfielders, because we will need a solid base to mount our counter-attacks. And I'm going to stick with you, Heskiff, because, you know, you, <laughs> Mike Scott gave you some abuse on the review show this week for for being so anti-three defensive midfielders. <laughs> you did. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it, review show? <laughs> um, my For those of you who didn't listen to review show, and I'm sure everyone listening to this also listens to review show, um, I wasn't happy before the game against Norwich to see that we were playing three defensive midfielders uh, again at home against a team with half their squad injured and just promoted and not doing great because um, I felt that playing someone like Max Meyer or Camarasa, the invisible man, um, would be a better way to you know, get get on top of them and even though I think we did play quite well, it wasn't brilliant, but it was it was a good, solid performance uh, on the weekend. I think if we'd have had someone like Myers threading the ball through, because I think their defense looked average, very average, um, I think we would have we would have got more goals. You know, realistically, we were we scored in the ninety fifth minute or whatever it was. 
Um, and after Villa and Wolves in the last two games, I'm a bit worried at only being 1-0 up um, in injury time at home. So, yeah, I mean, he, I, I did get a little bit of little bit of a dig on the review show, but, you know, I understand where people are coming from. Um, but I think at home, it's a very, against Norwich, it's a very different story from, you know, a team like West Ham, who, like I say, are a good attacking team. And I expect them to be on the front foot at uh, at their ground. So the three defensive midfielders there is fine. You know, I think that it worked well at Old Trafford. I think it enables us to, you know, use use the, the movement of IU and the and the pace and skills of Wilf quite well. Um I just think at home we need to be a bit more a bit more forward thinking. Although that said we're unbeaten at home and I'm sure everyone will tell me to shut up. So, <laughs> roundabouts. Yeah. Only only a ninety fifth minute goal conceded to show for the tally for away teams at Sellers Park. So something's obviously going right. Um, uh, Nat Nav is tweeting on Twitter. Wrote an article this week or last week talking about why doesn't winning feel like winning? Obviously, for referring to us having the fourth most points in the calendar year of twenty nine, behind only Arsenal, Liverpool, and Manchester City. But it's um, sort of the sentiment that. It, it feels a bit negative at the moment, despite the fact that we have such, we're clearly playing so well. So, um, very, very bizarre times for sure. Uh, but talking of bizarre, we'll stick with a West Ham podcast. And when I turned it on, Albert, I was fully expecting um, just a bunch of Cockney geezers talking about West Ham. Two of the poshest blokes I've ever heard, one of whom is a QC. And he kept calling Yarmolenko and Cresswell, Yarmo and Cresser. <laughs> uh, a, a Yarmo and Cress sandwich. Uh, maybe they're from Ham near <laughs> Richmond, which is quite posh, and they've just got a bit confused. <laughs> Potentially. Now, um, what they one of the things they did say is that Fabianski is is um, one of the best goalkeepers in the division, sir. Um, I, I would say only De Gea is better than him. So. Suggesting there, Albert, that he's better than Edison. He's better than Allison. Is is this a fair assessment? No, son. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, he's I, don't, don't get me wrong. He, I, th- I think it was last season. He had a, he had a stellar season and sort of came in and I mean, yeah. Now, um, who was his predecessor? A- Adrian, who now seems to be a hero at Liverpool. It's funny how these things work. Um, yeah, I think I think he's always been a solid keeper and. And since being at West Ham, I've probably I've probably noticed him more than when he was at Swansea. Um, but there is no way that he is second best keeper in the league. Um, you know, David De Gea is fantastic, but you're probably it's probably a toss up, a three way toss up between him, Edison, Allison, and on his day, Lloris for being who's the best keeper in the league. That's there's there's four options there. Fabi, are we forgetting? Uh, are we forgetting a certain Vicente Guaya? No, I mean he's in. You know he's he's in a great bit of form, but I'm I'm not going to start piping up saying he's the best keeper in the league. Uh, out of all those goalkeepers aforementioned, uh, none of them have saved a penalty from Messi. No, but he didn't do that in a Crystal Palace shirt. So <laughs> yeah, he's going to do bloody well to save a penalty from Messi in a Crystal Palace shirt. That's for sure. Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, Every dog has his day, indeed. But he said that they were saying that Fabianski is. Um, He's earned a reputation now that when strikers are through one-on-one, he's in their heads because they know they have to put it top bins. They said he's he's, he's so good in goal now. He's so in the strikers' heads that he's he's akin to like um, Ron Weasley in goal in Quidditch, you know, just unbeatable. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. They didn't say that, did they? <laughs> You'll have to listen to find out. Um, but of course, the, the chat was all around this because Fabianski is indeed injured and Roberto is playing in goal for them. Oh, oh shit. 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 Um, and they were very, very uh, not complimentary <laughs> of this Roberto, shall we say. Um, poor positioning, can't catch, can't kick. So um, now Norwich on the weekend were already missing Tim Krull, who was injured. Uh, their second choice goalkeeper then came off injured with a groin injury. And their third choice keeper came in. But we didn't really attempt to test him, did we, Heskiff? So do you think this is something we'll pick up on with Roberto this weekend to say, you know, a bit like Sunday League, if, it, if it's raining, like hit some low shots against him or just, just just get anything on target and see how he handles it? Yeah, I was going to say the same about about the Norwich game, actually. We, um, we didn't really give him much to do. So I think that needs to change. Um whether that's, like you say, taking loads of pot shots, which is something that Andros is likely to do. So a few plays, I think we're more likely to see long-range shots. You know, it's all academic if if we don't create the chances and we don't start popping a few shots off a goal. Um, I've never heard of him. So that usually means that he'll play a blinder against us. Um, but, I mean, I'm, I'm glad Fabianski's not playing because I think he is a good goalie. Um, and hopefully, you know, if their defence is not super solid, um, having a new goalkeeper that they've not played much in front of behind them um, will, will make them a bit jittery. So, yeah, if we can try and get on him early, that's probably what, what we'll try and do. But, um, you know, it's a it's a big ask considering how shot shy we are normally. Yeah, they were saying that Declan Rice and our two centre-backs are really going to have to be on their ball with him behind because they have no confidence in him whatsoever. But touching back on the Norwich goalkeeper coming on, the third-choice goalkeeper coming on as a sub, Albert, when he wandered onto the pitch and he looked kind of short for a goalkeeper, um, kind of slight, uh, I guess that could be just from my views from the stands. But did you have any idea who he was? Because I, I was assuming they were bringing on some youth team prospect. I'll be honest, I had no idea who the first geezer was, let alone, <laughs> let alone the third choice. Yeah, uh, and, and and he came on, I'm, I sit in that end now, and I, I can confirm he was tiny. Yeah, well, I'm just, I say that, I'm looking at his Wikipedia now, it says he's six foot three, that just really doesn't feel right. He didn't look that big Bullshit, bullshit. But um, it was it was very funny because everyone around us was saying, you know, we've got to test this young goalkeeper, look at him, he looks really nervous. Yeah, it turns out he's 35 years old and has 30 caps for Northern Ireland. But <laughs> youth team player, there you go. So, um, 35 yeah. still young, mate. Yeah, we're, yeah. Hmm. But long gone are the days when, because you remember when we was kids in a Panini sticker box and you'd know who every player was in the squad of every team. These days, <laughs> despite the Premier League being on TV all the time, I have no idea who half the players are, but I shouldn't be basking in my ignorance should I has Kiff no you're probably better than me mate at least you play FIFA <laughs> yeah I haven't got the new one yet so um, you know I'm kind of anti it after the Ian Wright doing the Bogle celebration that we touched on last week but uh, there you go so hmm what have we got they have suggested that they cannot let us do what we do best and just give the ball to one player. Um, it's quite a compliment for Jordan Ayew, isn't it, Albert? <laughs> oh, yeah. That's who should get the captain's armband. I forgot about Jordan Ayew. Uh, the, West, the West Ham games are always are always weird ones. You know, I remember we, you know, we, did, we went through a, a little bit of a phase in our sort of earlier Premier League years, you know, having a real sort of good run of luck against them. And then we, I think we went through a phase of having terrible luck against them. And I never really know what to make of it. And I mean, even their form this this season, you know, you look at, they, you know, they, they, they're doing fairly well, but there's, you know, they're getting, there's no shame in this, but they're getting spanked 5-0 at home by City and they're drawing, they're drawing with Brighton. And, and I know it, I know it's the, the cup, but they're getting, they're getting tanked for four by Oxford. And again, you know, it's not necessarily their first team. 
So it's just a real, it's a real mixed bag. And I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know. I, I wouldn't know what to make of it. And I'm, I'm dreading having to make a prediction because it's, um, it's a bit of a bucky one. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you say it was probably not a first team against Oxford. It was largely a first team. So again, on the Stop Hammer Time podcast, they would say it would have been better to, if you're just going to put that sort of effort in and lose 4-0, they would have been better off playing 11 youth team players to give them any experience to get them some game time under their belts. But no, there was a lot of first team players in that team. And uh, they were talking about they're not really... They, despite being up there fourth in the league, they're not really kind of, kind of similar to us in that sense. Where it's you don't on paper it looks like you've had a good start by league position, but then in reality it doesn't really feel like that because when you see all the minutes of all the games, you sort of understand how fine margins creep into things, and that's how it's been for us. Certainly, you know, you've like other than Sheffield United away there's an argument that we could have won lost or drawn every game we've played this season um, you know, we could have easily lost at Old Trafford uh, we could have easily beaten Wolves we could have beaten Everton or lost to Everton there's so many fine margins in there but you know, for them this is quite a difference in that sense of getting Spanks 5-0 and getting Spanks 4-0 so they're not really sure which West Ham's going to turn up and they certainly feel less confident, as I say, having Roberto in goals. So, But they did also say that Palace don't hold any fears for us. And then they talk to, they seem to believe that it's always draws at Sellers Park and then they spank us at West Ham. Uh, Heskiff, big gaps in their knowledge there of um, seeming to forget when we owned them for about three years when we first got promoted. Yeah, our record at Upton Park when we got promoted was brilliant. Um, so that's that's nonsense. Uh, in terms of us not holding any fear, obviously I'm a miserable pessimist and all the rest of it, but if you look at our, our away record over the last 12 months, I think it's a bit weird to think that there's nothing we can do that's you know worrying. Um, when we've gone to the Etihad and the Emirates and Old Trafford, we scored three goals at Anfield. You know, we're not too shabby away from home. So I think they're getting a little bit too big for their britches. Um, obviously, our record at the Olympic Stadium isn't isn't great. Um, and like Albert said, that the matches of West Ham are always a bit a bit weird. You know, I don't think, other than the 3-0 when we lost under Allardyce, we've not been awful, um, but we've still sort of eked out some losses, which is a bit annoying. And it's made, I think it's made even more annoying by how irritating their bloody fans are with their Peaky Blinder caps and fucking all, you know, wearing the same coat and giving it the geezer rubbish. <laughs> um, I'm going off on a tangent. They annoy me quite a lot, to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think it's a bit, I think it's a bit big headed to say that we don't hold any fear. And, and even if we are a team that just plays the ball to Wilf, he's very, very good at football. So I don't think that that's, you know, too bad a, a tactic to have. Yeah, well, they suggested that they could treat us the same as they treated Norwich and uh, pocket pookie-pookie or Wilf in this essence and then just take us to town for the rest of the the rest of the game. So hmm, you don't, they've, they've had a couple of wins at the start of the season. They are fourth in the league. But Albert, sh- with the points tally thing in 2019, surely it should be us getting too big for our boots and not them. Well, the thing is there is that, you know, there's there's this whole thing around us at the moment that, as you you were talking about Nav's article, you know, we're doing really well, fourth most points in 2019, but it still feels like we're potentially underachieving, certainly in, in what we do on the pitch in just our general play. And then, yeah, West Ham are having a, a great season, but again, they, they've got a mixed bag of results. So, I don't think anybody anybody should be getting too carried away with regards to you know Crystal Palace fans and West Ham fans. Um, let's just say, let's hope football's the winner on on Saturday <laughs> and Crystal Palace. <laughs> okay, so we've all said it's probably going to be really difficult to predict this game. So Albert, we'll start with you. Is are we going to get our first win at the Olympic Stadium? I would like to think so. However, I th- I think it's going to be a real a real ding dong. I'm going. I'm going. I'm oh, d- ding, ding dong. dong. Preser and Fabianski and Yarmo. 
Kreza and Yamo. Yamo is going to do the business. I think it's going to be a right ding-dong. I'm going to go three all. I'm just going out there. Three all. Wow. Okay. That's why you don't get any predictions, right? (laughs) (laughs) Hesketh. I... Oh, see, I've just talked about how I think West Ham are getting too big for their boots, talking, you know, down to us and belittling us. But I think they're going to beat us. I think they'll beat us three-one, and it will really, really piss me off. Okay, right. We've had some tweets in as well. Let's see what we've got here. Um, this has got one-one written all over it, mate. Zaha to score for Palace. That's on Jay Knowles. Two-one uh, Palace from Ken Paul. Simon Pizzy. Anyone know who he is? Has said 3-1 Palace. I think we will see a Roy Masterclass. And also, oh, look, Chris Clark has also written in, and he said 1-0 Wilf. He's drew a goal and was on fire against Norwich. Heskiff, Chris Clark had some comments on the review show about the preview pod. He did. Well, uh, we talk about politics and get pissed was the first one, which <laughs> is not too far from the truth, to be fair. Um so, yeah, I'll tip my hat to him on that. I'm not pissed. And we haven't talked about politics yet. So maybe Albert wants to chime in with some Brexit chat. Uh, backstop. <laughs> yeah. On next week's Back of the Nest preview podcast, we'll be joined by Beth Rigby. <laughs> um, no, so... <laughs> Yes, hello, Chris. We do listen to the review show, and uh, thank you for comparing us to a Labour conference, I, I guess. I don't know. Right. My prediction is going to be that we will get a 1-0 win. There you go. And I'll, I'll agree that Wilfred Zaha is going to score. So, Chris, I'm, I'm with you there. I think defensively we've looked very solid. Um, I think we'll sit in against West Ham and treat them like a bigger team than they are and um, catch them on the counter. And you know I'm on a streak now. I got I got two nil right last week, so um, the the streak has to be broken. Um, yeah. So anyway, we will be back after this. Reviews, predictions, comments, and rants. Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp. O two o three five seven five one two double six. We will be back next week. No, not next week. Next week's an international break, isn't it? So um, hopefully. Another good dip into the international break for Crystal Palace, which will see us somewhere in the dizzy heights of the top six or something like that, should we get a win against West Ham. Um, please head over to iTunes and leave Stop Hammer Time, a five-star rating for their help and input on tonight's show. Um, listen to our other pods. The review show will be back on Sunday this week uh, as we have a regular Saturday game. We'll 5.30 set a game as it is uh, head to backofthenest.com follow us on Twitter at backofthenest or on Instagram at backofthenestcpfc and send your voice notes to the review show and enough again last week for a second show um, you can do that on 0203 575 1766 Albert we still haven't got a single voice note um, am I saying the phone number too fast or people just don't care about us or what is it have you ever heard of the saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it? We don't we mm. don't need the content because this shit good. You know, review show, they need all the help they can get. <laughs> it's a deep burn. Uh, well, thanks for joining this week, Albert. And uh, same to you, Heskiff. Looking forward to the, the visit on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> That's my victory horn for the preview podcast team. <laughs> Yeah, well, I will see you in the pub in Canary Wharf pre-match on Saturday. You will. Uh, And we will be back in two weeks when we'll be looking ahead to games get difficult then. Is it Arsenal away? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Okay, so, yeah, two weeks' time, we'll be back in your ears. Until then... It doesn't particularly appeal to me because I grew up on blood and guts football and and Jim and I were talking about it um, beforehand. Um, And that physical intensity for me is as as huge a part of it as playing beautiful football. Um, 
But I think it's very important. There is a generation now of youngsters growing up in this country who see it, who don't see that distinction necessarily as I see it, because I've been weaned my whole life on men's football. And I find it a real culture change or shift that we're now calling it men's football. Um, mm. Whereas it was just football. Yeah. The prefix men to go before what we usually talk about, I think really demonstrates the cultural shift that has taken place. And I think all for the good. Um, and That's it's a different like type it. of supporter in the main that goes to women's football. It's um, much more... It's enthusiastic without being um, aggressive or bombastic. And perhaps that's to be applauded. And maybe in 30 years' time, um, the landscape will have changed quite dramatically. My other reservation about West Ham ladies' team is that I have this deep-rooted concern that it exists purely as a plaything for that sawn-off midget um, <laughs> son of a billionaire um, who can seek in a few years' time to lay claim to the um, running of our main team um, purely because of the experience and successes enjoyed running the ladies' team. And that I, I have this real deep-rooted fear that mm. that's what lies behind all... <laughs> Is that Jacob Reese Mogg? That is un literally unbelievable. I, I have a genuine fear of that sawed off midget. <laughs> Jeez. Like, what? Uh, who is this West Ham fan? Because he doesn't exist know, at any West Ham game I've ever seen. That is the least West Ham sounding person in the world. Brexit means Brexit, and I can assure you it's all perfectly legal. No, he would absolutely not want Brexit because he's probably set to make millions on the day Brexit happens. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.